Alright everyone, get your smoke bombs and headbands ready. This episode is all about the ninjutsu ability. Striking from the shadows and catching your opponent off guard, you'll be able to get benefits because your opponents just didn't block. In this episode, we'll take a deeper look into this sneaky mechanic, Mysterious Ooze, not required. Alright, first and foremost, as always, if you have any questions, comment, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at mtgunderthehood at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at MTG Under the Hood. Uh, and as an update on the Discord, uh, we I am hoping to get it live uh, mid to late March. Life and work has just kind of been getting a little hectic and draining me. So sorry for the delay, but mid to late March. And we will let you know whenever it uh, does go live. So hey, I see what you did there at the beginning of the episode. Because ninjas try to mask their identity, you masked your identity. Who are you? Well, apparently I forgot to do this. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined by my friend, Joe. Say hi, Joe. Hello, everybody. All right. So now that we got all of that out of the way, this one is actually really interesting because both Joe and I have built a commander deck around the same one, and it both has, and it has ninjutsu on it. Well, it gives your creatures ninjutsu, but we went completely, we went kind of similar paths, but different Kind of different ways on it, yeah. So it, it's a great, you know, we always talk about a deck of the week, things, whatever we're working on, trying to build. And this week, it just so happened that we decided to build the same deck. We were both excited about this new commander that came out with uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. So we both built the deck, and it's just it, we're going to talk a little bit about how they're, they're the same and how they're different. So, Chris, who did we decide to build around? All right, we decided to build... Around Santoru Umazawa. Uh, he's a legendary creature, human ninja, and he costs one generic, a blue, and a black. Uh, he's a 2 4, and he does have a little bit of a wall of text. And it's whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability, look at the top three cards of your library, put one, one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. This ability triggers only once each turn. And it also has each creature card in your hand has ninjutsu for two generic, a blue, and a black. So what he does is he gives your creatures ninjutsu even if they don't have it. And as we're going to talk about later on in the episode, there are ways that you can kind of have, do a little bit of shenanigans using ninjutsu. So Joe, how'd you build yours? So I went with more of a ninja tribal idea. What I really tried to focus on was that first ability. The the second ninjutsu ability where it gives all your creatures ninjutsu was, was great, and I did incorporate that a little bit. But I really liked the, the card filtering and the card drawing ability of Umazawa. So I took, and plus, you're going to find out a lot in this episode, ninjutsu is one of the abilities that I have always liked. I, I had a ninja deck when the original Kamigawa block came out, and it was the one of the few decks that I kept together for a long time. I mean, it, all those years when I wasn't playing, that ninja deck was still my baby, and I was not going, I was not willing to break it up until I decided I needed some cards in other places. But I put a lot of the old ninjas in there, so I'm really looking at the idea of using the smaller cost ninjutsu to where I can get my, my creatures in. I still have a lot of evasive creatures that don't cost a lot, so I can get them into play quickly, and then I can start using the ninjutsu ability. But because my ninjutsu cost is... 
ideally one, two, or three, I'll be able to actually play the cards I draw on my second main phase. Now, I do have some of the big hitters, and you and I both talked about some of the big hitters that we put in the deck. Jingataxius, Shieldred, uh, the original Praetors, you know, the original versions of those Praetors. Uh, I put in Noxious Gearhulk, which uh, is another way to get some, you know, some creature removal. I put in Runescarred Demon, which gives me a tutor effect whenever it comes into play. And let's see, what else did I decide to put in? Oh, Toxril the Corrosive is also in there. Nothing like ninjutsuing in a creature that gives minus one, minus one counters to all of your opponent's creatures at the end of your turn. Uh, just a lot of... I put in just some big, beefy creatures that are kind of the ones that are designed to just take over a game. All right, Because Toxril, I noticed, was like that. But a lot of my other ninjas are really just for smaller cost in ninjutsu, so I can get my card filtering through going a little bit faster and then play some of those cards second main phase. You have your deck out, and I just saw something. I need to find my copy of Tetsuko. Oh, oh Tetsuko Mizawa. Oh, yeah, makes all my creatures of power one or power toughness one or less unblockable. Absolutely. You know, not only... Well, and that's the other thing. You know, I put in Tetsuko to help with some unblockability. Grazalax, Illithid Scholar. Great little card. Not only when creatures deal combat damage do I get to draw a card, so I get some more card draw instead of just uh, Umazawa's card draw. But if a creature I control becomes blocked, I may return it to my hand. So all those little creatures that, if they get blocked, they're safe now, and I'll just replay them in the second main phase. So stuff like that. Uh, card draw based off of hitting creature, creatures actually hitting, you know, the opponent. Uh, let me see, what else? We got uh, Nashi Moon Sage's Scion that allows me to have cr players exile the top card of their library, mm -hmm. and I get to play those cards using life. I have that one in mind. Sepulchral Primordial, where I get to reanimate dead things in my opponent's graveyard. Archon of Cruelty, which is just such a mean card to one opponent, but, you know, just stuff like that. I have one that's worse, because I just... But uh, after playing on a uh, Saturday, uh -huh. um, I realized that I could I could be mean, and I decided to put in uh, Skittles. Oh, Skitherix will be that would be an interesting addition. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Not so, being able to block a you know a little guy, think you're only going to take one. Next thing you know, in a puff of smoke, here's what is it? What oh, is it's he, a four, huge, four or five. He, well. He may be a 4-5, but he has, inf he has Infect, so that's why people play him, because he can just come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you've dealt almost half lethal damage to somebody. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, with, with my version of the deck, I definitely focused more on the Nostalgia, the Ninja Tribal, and the first ability of Satoru to try to get that card draw. So, what direction did you take your deck? I went with the second one. I wanted... Uh, I put in... Uh, some pretty good evasive um, creatures. I even threw in uh, um, some of the extra rogues that I had lying around from uh, Zendikar and everything, uh, just because they get bigger whenever as they mill, and they're also really evasive. That's true, yeah. So I went with evasive little guys that also had beneficial stuff. Nice. And then I also put in both copies of Jin Cataxia. As in both both versions yes. of Jingataxius. Yeah, so the original New one Phyrexia from... and... Right. Um, and Neon Dynasty. Neon Dynasty. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Secret Layer, for that one. <laughs> uh, I actually have a card sitting in my uh, home in the deck box for it that has 
it translated. Translated, right. Because it's Phyrexian, Phyrexian, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I have it. I sat down and wrote it out, and I, mm-hmm. I put all the Praetors into separate decks, and each of them have their own little card. Right. Um, and so I wanted to be able to do really big things. Uh, I can't pronounce the name, but the one where it's an 8-8 uh, Levi uh, Kraken that... Uh, um, the, the thing that you, if it's blocked, the it has thing to, you threw at me the other day, yeah, t- yeah, turn four, something like right, that, right? Yeah, and it was incredibly mean. Yeah, we'll see if we can pull it up here. Uh, keep talking about it in the meantime. So, and it has if it's blocked, a uh, defending player has to block with all of their creatures. So, if they decide to block, they can only block that one creature, so everything else can get through. So, I can just ninjutsu in. Anything else that I I can ninjutsu in as many as I can afford. Uh, I also threw in silver uh, silver fur, um, of course, just to help lower the cost a little bit. Uh, I even put in right of replication, just so that I can copy, um, make copies of uh, silver uh, various oh various yeah. things, um, namely silver fur, just mm-hmm. so that I can drop it down. Okay. Um, well, yeah, then your ninjutsu cost would be blue-black. and mm-hmm. Yeah, right, if you can keep both of them on the field. That's mm-hmm. a good one, yeah. Um, but I also have, like uh, like I said, just put in Skillrix. Uh, yeah, Skittles. Um, I also have, uh, what are some good ones? I have a bunch of Krakens and Leviathans in there, just because they're really big. And I also threw in uh, that one vampire, the one, the transforming uh, vampire from uh, Crimson Val. Where if it's... Oh, Runo. Uh, yeah. Stromkirk. Yeah. Oh, hey. Yeah, so I threw Runo in there just because I have some... Because I have a decent amount of um, Krakens and everything. So the, the Kraken we were trying to find initially was called Tromocratus. Uh, and it has to... It can't be blocked unless all creatures defending player controls block it. Which, again, yeah, that was... That was a mean card to play, and it wrecked the entire point of the deck I was playing against you. So, and it also has uh, hexproof unless it's attacking or blocking. So yes. as long as it's on the battlefield, not attacking or blocking, right, has hexproof. And uh, so I have some big, some really big hitters and mm-hmm. small little guys. I end up kind of for the most part, it's like ninja rogue tribal, right? But. The he- but the big hitters that I have in there are big hitters. Yeah. I even have Frost Titan in. Yeah, I remember you showed and, me that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Frost Titan, whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, it uh, you tap down two of your opponent's creatures and they don't mm-hmm. untap during their next untap step. Yep. So as soon as so if I'm able to get that onto the battlefield, I can take out two threats and then also open it up so that next time it comes around to me. If they only have a couple of creatures, well, I just... That's it. Yeah, you took care of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really interesting just to see. We each looked at the same commander this week, and again, it just happens to work out that it fit with the episode that we were going to record. But it's interesting to see how we both just took it two slightly different directions and focused on two different aspects of the the, the, the commander card. So. I mostly went for the second ability just because I like cheating stuff in. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, it's I mean, a strong ability. Because <laughs> uh, the new Phyrexian uh, Jinkataxia costs 10. Yeah. And being able to pay 4. four. Exactly. Ninjits is an activated ability, right? Uh, we'll go over that Yeah, later in the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm throwing a training grounds in. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Reduce it even more. Yep. So, again, our decks of the week... We've got all sorts of stuff that we're always brewing and looking at. 
but this week it just happened to be the same, and we really, really like that. Our words to live by for this week are kind of also related to ninjutsu. The first one is bounce, which is a slang term that means to return a permanent from the battlefield to its owner's hand. And typically when you'll start looking at, you know, the, the ninjutsu ability, part of the cost is to return an unblocked attacker you control to hand. So you're going to bounce the creature on the battlefield back to your hand. And then you're going to ninjutsu in uh, the creature that has the ninjutsu ability. Uh, ninjutsu in is kind of just a little another slang term, and that is the act of bringing a creature onto the battlefield using a ninjutsu ability. Only really comes up when you're using this ability, but you will hear that from time to time. I'm gonna ninjutsu in this creature. So just so you're aware of what those terms mean, a lot of slang related to that specific ability right now. Chris, talk to us about the history of ninjutsu. All right, so. Ninjutsu first appeared in the Betrayer of Kamiga Betrayers of Kamigawa se uh, set from the Kamigawa block. And it only premiered with eight cards. Four in blue, four in black. It then returned uh, in Modern Horizons 1 uh, with seven, I believe. Six. Six cards. Six. Yeah. Um, and Still blue-black, though. Yeah. Uh, many of the Betrayer uh, Betrayers of Kamigawa Ninjas uh, were reprinted in... Plane chase, and then it uh, is one of the one of the most anticipated mechanics from Neon Dynasty, and we will get to the breakdown of the uh, um of how many we got because oh boy did we, we get a, a lot. lot we got a lot ready for the rules take it away here we go the rules for ninjutsu now ninjutsu seems like a complicated ability but it really isn't there's just a lot that goes into it all right. So, 702.49, Ninjutsu. Ninjutsu is an activated ability that functions only while the card with Ninjutsu is in a player's hand. Ninjutsu cost means pay the cost, reveal this card from your hand, return an unblocked attacking creature you control to its owner's hand, put this card onto the battlefield from your hand, tapped and attacking. So what this means is that it's a it's one of those few activated abilities that do happen in the game that doesn't exist on the battlefield. It actually only exists when the card with ninjutsu is in your hand. So if you try to put it onto the battlefield first, you're not going to actually be able to use the ninjutsu ability. Uh, if you what we call hard cast it, mean you pay the mana cost in the upper right hand corner. We'll have to use that as a word to live by at some point. If you hard cast the creature. Once it's on the battlefield, you can't pay its ninjutsu cost. You can only do that from your hand. You also need to reveal the card, which that's really important. You need to actually reveal that it does have the ninjutsu ability before you return anything to your hand. So make sure you show your opponent, I'm going to ninjutsu use the ninjutsu ability of this card. And then part of the cost is returning that unblocked attacker you control to its owner's hand. Uh, and keep in mind, it is owner's hand. So if you are using the ninjutsu ability and, and one of the unblocked creatures belongs to an opponent, it will you, you like you swiped it from an opponent for some reason, it will go back to its your the opponent's hand. So just keep that in mind when you're using the ninjutsu. 702.49b. The card with ninjutsu remains revealed from the time the ability is announced until the ability leaves the stack. Typically, this isn't a problem, but it's just or, or something you really need to think of. But just keep it in mind in case someone wants to you know, like stifle that ability. All right, counter an activated ability or something like. Seven zero two dot four nine C. 
A ninjutsu ability may be activated only while a creature on the battlefield is unblocked. The creature with ninjutsu is put onto the battlefield unblocked. It will be attacking the same player or planeswalker as the creature that was returned to its owner's hand. Keep in mind, ninjutsu can only be activated after attackers have been declared and blockers have been declared. So if you're going to try to work some shenanigan to where you're trying to say, maybe I'm going to attack the planeswalker, but then I'll pull the creature back, put the ninja card in, and instead attack the player, it's not going to work. Doesn't work that way. You've already declared an attacker, and you have to put that ninja card onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking, so it has to attack the same target. 702.49D. Commander Ninjutsu is a variant of the Ninjutsu ability that also functions while the card with Commander Ninjutsu is in the command zone. Commander Ninjutsu cost means cost, reveal this card from your hand or from the command zone, return an unblocked attacking creature you control to its owner's hand, put this card onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. This rule is in there for one card and one card only, Yuriko the Tiger's Shadow. Yuriko does have Commander Ninjutsu, it is a rather popular commander, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But again, that's the only reason uh, .49D is even in there, is for that one single specific card. Keep in mind, some one of the important things to remember, Ninjutsu is an activated ability, so you can activate it anytime you could activate an instant or cast an instant spell, just as long as you meet that requirement of returning an unblocked attacker you control to its owner's hand. All right, let's talk about some featured cards. Chris, take it away. All right, so the first one that we're going to cover is Ink Eyes Servant of Oni. Uh, it's a legendary creature, nin uh, Rat Ninja. It costs four generic black black. It's a five four. Its ninjutsu cost is three generic black black. And it has whenever Ink Eyes Servant of Oni deals combat damage to a player, you may put target creature card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. And it also has uh, regenerate Ink Eyes for a generic and a black. So this one's nice because you get so for. Uh, mana value one less so you can ninjutsu it in it it in absolutely and then because and you are guaranteed to reanimate something because yeah. of it well you're guaranteed to get the opportunity your opponent still has to have something in their graveyard but if yeah. you're gonna put this card into play you're either going for lethal damage or you're going to get something out of their graveyard yeah. you know that you're those are really the only reasons you're gonna spend five mana to get this card into play but it's a fantastic card. It was one of my favorites when the original set released. I am definitely going to be looking at getting looking at the original Betrayers. It's just that as we were discussing at the uh, before we started recording, some of them are expensive. Some of them are quite pricey. Um, yeah, <laughs> some of them are quite pricey. All right, Joe, what's the other one? The other legendary from the original Betrayer set is Higuri, the Still Wind. It's a legendary creature human ninja for three generic, blue-blue. It is a 3-4. It has ninjutsu for two generic, blue-blue. And then whenever Higuri, the Still Wind, deals combat damage to a player, you may search your library for a ninja card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. If you do, shuffle your library. You can also pay two generic, Target ninja creature can't be blocked this turn. Uh, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. This is a tutor, a tutor on a stick. You, know, you can go ahead and just get whatever ninja you want out of your On library. a body. Tutor on a body. Whatever. It's, on, it's only on a stick if it's in equipment. 
Got it. Okay. Or an artifact. But it gets you whatever ninja you want out of your library. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a ninja tutor. Yeah. So, oh, it's a ninja tutor. I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Master Splinter. <laughs> no, Master Splinter will come up later. And yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll talk about that. But this was another one from the original Betrayers set. Wonderful, phenomenal card. Um, it's it's one that I was an instant auto-include in my version of Satoru. Uh, just an amazing, amazing, fun little tutor. And gives your ninjas the ability to be unblockable. All right, Chris, here's the unique one. All right, so this one is Eureka, the Tiger's Shadow. It's a legendary creature, human ninja. It costs a generic, a blue, and a black. It's a 1-3. It has Commander Ninjutsu for blue-black. And it has, whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, reveal the top card of your library and put that into your hand. Each opponent loses life equal to that card's converted mana cost or mana value. Um, so this one is the reason why there's that one commander ninjutsu rule. Exactly. It. Um, and it's absolutely beautiful on how inexpensive it is. Yeah. Now, mind you, it's only you're only going to be able to deal one damage whenever you ninjutsu her in. But if you're able to do top deck manipulation. Yeah, well, and that's what that's how people play this commander. Yeah. So yeah. you do a little bit of top deck manipulation so that you can get something really, really high costing on top. And then you just ninjutsu her and go, oh, look, it's an om- uh, om- omnipotent omnipotence. Omniscience. Omniscience. There, there you go. go. <laughs> hey, oh, look, it's an omniscience. That's eight, eight damage? Uh, yeah, I want to say eight. Yeah. Eight or nine, yeah. Oh, its mana value is eight. <laughs> Everyone takes eight. Yeah. So one person would be taking minimum of nine, depending on how many uh, others. That's true, right. Not to mention one of that being commander damage, mm-hmm. most likely. Uh, Eureka is definitely... It, it, this is still the premier ninja tribal commander. Satoru is also good, but Yuriko is the ninja tribal commander. Um, Satoru is a close second. Close second, and I think and, he, that, he's and that's only because he's new, right? He, well, no, I think he he I think he really does play off of that second ability, and so I don't think he's ever going to overtake Yuriko as the ninja commander. But, but they'll definitely work well together. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Yuriko is actually a fantastic card. I mean it. It shot up in price immediately. It's now currently sitting at fifteen dollars. It was a like a four fifty four dollar fifty cent card. I should have bought one when it was that price. Now there's you know three times as much. But uh, this one actually has a lot of uh, competitive EDH decks that, to its name, and it's one of those highly sought out CEDH commanders. Our next featured card actually comes to us from Neon Dynasty. This is the Spring Leaf Avenger. Unlike our other cards, this one is an insect ninja. It is a 6-5, and it costs 3 generic, green, green. It has ninjutsu 3 generic and green, and whenever Springleaf Avenger deals combat damage to a player, return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. So it has regrowth, essentially, on a body. Um... I don't know how much play this card is actually going to see. It's brand new. I think it could have a lot of ability to make it really functional and have a lot of fun. I don't think it's going to be quite as useful as some of the blue-black ninjas, simply because this one doesn't have... The artifact synergies that work well with blue-black don't work so well with green. And so I don't don't think it's going to be as popular, 
But I threw it on the, the show notes simply to show that once we got to Neon Dynasty, they have really branched out in the color scheme. And in fact, the only color that doesn't have a ninja now is red. But All they the have samurais. Color, they do. Well, they have samurais, yes. But green, white, blue, black now. Though four of the five colors have ninjas. And so we may, if we ever go back to Kamigawa, see ninjas in red. Um, you know, and so we'll see what happens. But that's really the only reason I even threw this one off to show that we have that more colors are being available. Last one, Chris. All right. So the last one is Silver Fur Master. It's a creature, rat ninja. It's a 2-2, and it costs a blue and a black. And it has ninjutsu for blue and a black. And it ha also has... Ninjutsu abilities you uh, ninjutsu abilities you activate cost one generic less to activate. Also has other ninja and rogue creatures you get you control get plus one plus one. So this one is um, on the list because in Pioneer where Demir Rogues is still a thing, um, this one is actually seeing a decent amount of play from what we've already been able to find. Yeah, because it's because Demir Rogues is still a thing and it's giving your rogues. Uh, it's an anthem for your rogues. Yeah. So that's why that's uh, in there. Um, I have one of them in my uh, uh, Satori deck. Just So do I. Just yeah. to kind of you know help a little bit. I mean, that bit. ninjutsu cost reduction is great, but you'll notice that you know people who were listening and paying attention noticed that the mana cost of Silver Fur Master and the ninjutsu cost are the same, and that there is no benefit to paying the ninjutsu cost to get this. Outside of maybe, okay, you decide that you're attacking with something that would deal one damage, and so instead of dealing one damage, you can ninjutsu and silver for master, so you deal two. And then you can still cast the creature that you were originally attacking with and get it back. But outside of that, there's no benefit to really using the ninjutsu ability, but it does make it so their ninjutsu cost less in the future. So those are our featured cards. Again, we're looking at a wide variety of cards from across the spectrum, all the different sets where Ninjutsu was a major component of the set. The dominant colors, again, blue and black are definitely the dominant colors here. We have 14 blue cards with Ninjutsu, 12 black cards with Ninjutsu. We have one white card, three green cards, zero red cards, as I already mentioned, and six multicolored cards. And it should again be noted that all of the multicolored cards are blue-black. So, and there are no colorless, so we have no artifact ninjas at this time. And get, whenever we go back for go back go back to Kamigawa for the third time, which I fool given the the uh, how much people are enjoying the draft experience with this version of Kamigawa, and I mean just the the attendance our LGS has gotten. I mean we haven't seen attendance like this since before COVID. Not even Modern Horizons 2 brought out the attendance for draft night, pre-release weekend, release night. You know, I think people are really excited about this. So, yeah, when we go back, we'll probably have some colorless artifact names on. We might even get it Red Ninjas. We might. I hope so. It'd be cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with all of that, the featured decks. Uh, there is a dedicated ninjutsu theme deck uh, that can be played uh, using cards from Neon Dynasty. Uh, clearly, there are enough cards enough ninja ninjutsu cards to make it possible um but it's not as competitive it's not a, a real competitive deck at this time um we have new Kapena coming around the corner so might they might get some more maybe 
maybe gets a little few more tricks, you know, in the in way of uh, incense and sorceries and artifacts and stuff like that, just to kind of help out. Um, but I think a, some some more evasive creatures, more low costing evasive creatures, blue or black, would mm-hmm. really help out because right right now with the way it's set up, standard, it has some, but the really good like the, there's no low like one blue one ones that are unblockable. There there just aren't any right now. In standard. Yeah. In standard. Yeah, in standard. Yeah. You have someone flying, you know, that can do that can do the, the job, but you really want that unblockable. And and even that I think there's only one from Zendikar Rising off the top of my head that's a one one for one with flying. And that's really what you want, you know, when you're getting right. So you're right, maybe New Capenna will give us some more support. Um, we'll see what happens, but I think that it, it definitely has potential. You're right. It's just not competitive. Time to do our regular segment where we talk about some ideas. If you're going to decide to play with ninjutsu as a main theme in your deck, what are some things you should think about doing? And if you're playing against a ninjutsu deck, what are some things you should pay attention to? We really want to highlight this because, again, we were we were playing in a draft uh, the other night over at our LGS, and I know at least one person did try to draft a dedicated ninjutsu deck, and it all of these ideas came in mind, and I know that that person was thinking about how do you play with ninjutsu, and we all should have been thinking about how to play against ninjutsu at that point, so we all learned some good lessons, but at the same time, it's what we're also thinking about when it comes to our Satoru Commander decks. So, Chris, since you got to thoroughly throttle me with your Satoru deck the other night. How do we play with the ninjutsu ability? All right, so first and foremost, you need to balance the deck between ninjas and evasive creatures. And by evasive creatures, I mean creatures with flying, unblockable, uh, land walk, things to where you can guarantee that you are going to have unblockable creatures so that you can ninjutsu in your ninjas. Uh, You also want to choose your ninjas carefully. What is the purpose of this specific ninja? So like uh, Ink Eyes or Higuru, uh, those ones have very good payoffs for dealing combat damage. Yes, their ninjutsu cost is on the, a little bit on the higher side, mm-hmm. but there's a reason for those being higher costed. Um, some of the newer ninjas, the benefits to them are kind of... Well, I think they, they've tailored them a certain way to balance them out a little bit more and make competitive. Um, but at the same time, even paying two to ninjutsu in, uh, they're the ninja, uh, the ninja that lets you draw a card, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're paying two mana total to get, get card draw and deal damage. Yeah. That's, that's a good benefit, a good reason to have. Remember the second main, you also want to remember the second main phase plan, what you need to, uh, what needs to be played at that time. Um, because you are going to be, uh, kind of showing your hand a little bit by ninjutsuing a creature, uh, you want to make sure that you have ways to kind of, uh, either protect it or, um, uh, well, how to protect it and make sure that it stays on the board so that you can, um, well, protect it so that you can use it again or, um... Well, you need to get your attack, your unblockable attackers back in during mm-hmm. the second main phase, too. You know, because you, you want to keep attacking with them. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you're planning for that, you know. And like with our Satoru decks, if we're dealing damage with that ninja, we then get to draw a card. You know, so 
you want to make sure that, hey, maybe you play that. So maybe the second main phase is going to be where you play more of your cards after you get to see what you get, and you're not going to do too much. You're going to spend a lot of time really focusing on attacking and then do stuff. Um, you'll also want to have removal available for troublesome blockers. If you don't have creatures with evasion, uh, you want to be able to make it to where they don't have creatures to block. So um, keep that in mind. And plan when you use ninjutsu. Uh, only a few times within the con combat step can it be used. Um, and here's the shenanigans that you can do with ninjutsu. Whenever, uh, as, as long as it's still in the combat step, uh, combat phase, after damage is dealt, before combat phase ends, that ninja, that creature is still considered to be unblocked and attacking. So it meets those requirements. So you can actually ninjutsu in another creature to return the one that you had just attacked with. Right. So that's another way that you can kind of uh, protect it as well so that you can repeat the process. Assuming you have another creature with ninjutsu in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can get, yeah, yeah. Though if you're playing a dedicated ninja deck, most you, of them will you have most it. likely do, yes. Yeah. So uh, you can do um, some post-combat tricks because... Uh, Post damage, post combat damage trick. You you can't once you get past the combat phase, you you can't do any more ninjutsu mm -hmm. abilities. But you can do combat damage from your unblocked creature, and then at the end of combat step, use the ninjutsu ability to pull that creature back, get your ninja creature in, and then go to your second main phase. It's not. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a very advisable way to use it. But it, you can have it in your bag of tricks. You can. Yeah, it's it's certainly there. Uh, something else you can do when it comes to the combat step, a really cool opportunity is with first strike damage. All right. So if you have a creature with first strike, which your opponent doesn't want to block because the your creature, I mean, yes, they may block the creature with first strike, but they're not going to kill your creature with first strike, and they're just going to sacrifice one of their own to put it in, the, in front of it. Okay, fine. Well, here's the way that the combat works, all right? There's first strike damage, then you pass priority, then you do regular combat damage, all right? So what happens? We have your creature with first strike. You let it deal combat damage. You then, after first strike damage has been dealt, activate ninjutsu, because you pass priority, all right? You activate ninjutsu, pull back the creature with first strike, put in your ninja. Now, here's where it gets really fun, all right? When you go to regular combat damage, regular combat damage says any creature that did not deal damage during the first strike combat damage step deals combat damage. So, you had the chance. You put that ninja in, you returned an unblocked attacking creature. Doesn't matter that it dealt first strike damage. It's an unblocked attacking creature. You pulled that one back, you put in your ninja, your ninja did not deal damage during the first strike combat step. So you get to deal damage with your ninja as well, and then you odds are you're going to get the deals damage trigger from the ninja that you had. Did I just blow your mind? <laughs> Alright, so creature with first strike, unblocked, attacks, right? You attack with it, unblocked. It deals first strike damage. It deals its damage because it has first strike. So remember, it, it deals its damage in a separate first strike combat damage step. All right. Uh. <laughs> Listeners, I have just blown Chris's mind. Uh, and that's okay. 
We're going to come back to him in a moment because he needs a chance to recover. <laughs> it's a two for one. It is. It's a, it's a great You two deal for four one. strike damage, and then you get your ninjutsu damage. Yeah. And then you get the ninjutsu pay- payoff. I yeah, need, I need to find first strikers in black. See, or give something well, blue. See, that's the problem. There aren't many first strikers in blue and black. But they, I'm going to give. Stuff. There are a couple. They do exist, but there then aren't I, many. <laughs> then I am going to put as much artifact as I can possibly that gives first strike. That's going in there just so that I can have a judge called. Yeah, it is. It's really cool, but it's all. It is very niche. You won't see that too. But it does happen from time to time. And speaking of combat trigger, uh, combat, um, if you are using Satoru uh, Umazawa and you're using his uh, ninjutsu ability uh, on a non-ninja creature that he has, um, you do not get attack triggers if that creature has an attack trigger because it is it wasn't declared as an attacker. It is just attacking. Correct. So, um because that was actually one of the things that I remembered whenever, because I wanted to put in Fleet Swallower, because that one uh, has whenever it, uh, whenever Fleet Swallower attacks, a defending player um, mills the top half of their library, rounded up. So I wanted to, I was originally thinking that I could get Fleet, have uh, Fleet Swallower come in and just mill someone, do a really devastating mill. But it was an attack trigger, and I thought that it was a combat damage trigger. So Fleet Swallower didn't make the cut. Right, right. Okay, I think we have we have blown minds enough on how to play with ninjutsu. Let's talk about if you're playing against ninjutsu. The first rule of playing against a deck where you know they have ninjutsu cards. Block everything. <laughs> Block everything. Everything. One more time. Block everything. everything. Uh, seriously, it is the greatest way to shut down a ninjutsu deck. If you block everything, they can't activate the ninjutsu ability. And again, when we were playing against each other, uh, you know, we, we, you were playing Satoru, and I picked a deck that clearly was just a bad matchup for it, but it didn't matter. I wasn't blocking because I needed my creatures on the board to do what I was going to do, do what the deck wanted to do. And because I wasn't blocking, that... <laughs> that just made it so your deck could easily do what you wanted to do. Yeah, get, so, drop an 8-8 eight, eight yeah. on turn 4. Oh, and even when we were playing, you know, the the in the draft the other night, uh, the, the one guy that did draft a, a fairly dedicated ninjutsu deck, you know, even then it was one of those awkward situations for me. Like, I know that he has ninja cards in his deck. I know he could ninjutsu something in. But I need my creatures, and if I don't block, he's going to get his ninjutsu ability, but odds are I'm also going to lose my creature if I do block what he's sending at me. So it was, regardless, as much as possible, block everything. You need to use your targeted removal efficiently. Because remember, we talked about this earlier when we were talking about the rules. The bounced creature is safe from removal. Returning that unblocked attacker to its owner's hand is part of the cost of ninjutsu. And you don't get to interact with the with your opponent while they are activating the ninjutsu ability. So once they announce the ninjutsu, that's it. You're done. You don't get a chance to react. All right. So make sure you're using that removal efficiently. Make sure you know when you're going to use it. And remember that after attackers are declared, 
you get a chance to that you have to pass priority between both players. So the active player gets a chance to activate abilities and cast instants, and you get a chance to activate abilities and cast instants. So maybe you need to wait for that attacker to be declared, and then you remove it. Regardless, use your targeted removal efficiently. Keep in mind that ninjutsu does take some setup. If you can remove the part of the engine that keeps ninjutsu from happening, meaning if you remove those small creatures, those small evasive creatures, you make it harder for ninjutsu to actually function correctly, which is really why we don't see a ninjutsu deck right now in Standard, in Pioneer, in Modern. It takes some setup. In Limited, it works, but outside of that, it just it's really hard. Uh, ninjutsu does appear in four of the five colors, so be careful of that. It used to be you only had to expect ninjutsu in blue and black. Now you also have to be careful of it in green and white. And there's another, there's a turtle ninja that is green that when it comes in, it destroys, I think, an artifact or an enchantment. Um, or when it deals damage, it destroys an artifact or enchantment. It's from Neon Dynasty. It's a reclamation. It's a reclamation ninja. Yeah. I mean, it, again, just be prepared because it can, <laughs> it can come out of nowhere anymore. And finally, keep in mind that decks don't really need to be all in on ninjutsu to make effective use of it. Throat Slitter is a prime example. It's a it's a card originally came from Betrayers. It it's a ninja, black black rat ninja, but on combat damage, it destroys target non-black creature, which even if you only put a playset of those in your deck, that can be effective removal. If you're playing a very aggressive deck and your opponent's not blocking, or you don't anticipate your opponent blocking. And they are playing black. Right, right, assuming your opponent isn't playing black, you know. But again, you one or two ninjas can really turn the tide of a game. So be careful and be prepared when you're not blocking. Anytime a ninja could actually hit the field, all right? So just, again, be prepared. So we've talked about a lot of ninjutsu. Really, we just need to talk about its uses in different formats, and we've kind of already talked a lot about that. There are, you know, there are two dedicated ninjutsu commanders. We have Yuriko, we have uh, Sotaru, and that's really about it. You don't see ninjutsu cards in other formats. I mean, we might in the future. I mean, Neon Dynasty just came out. You're right. But foreseeable... Not so much. No, I, I just don't think so. Again, you you might see some of those older Betrayers cards still pop up. I mean, because again, the, the cost of a Throat Slitter right now is much more than you would expect to pay for an Uncommon. Mm -hmm. The cost of Higuri, the cost of Ink Eyes, for an individual card, I mean, we're talking up over $20 a card. Those have to be useful somewhere for them to be that expensive. Granted, they've only been printed once as well. But they have to be useful somewhere for them to be that expensive. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they were printed. They were reprinted. Yeah. Um, from Plane Chase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there has to be some use out there for them. Um, outside, I'm sure, of Commander decks. So, but the, really, the only one that pops up a lot is Silver for Master. And that's because of Dimmer Rogues. Yeah, it's not even for the ninja abilities. It's because it's giving plus one, plus one to rogues. So that's that's really about it when it comes to different formats. So we have this week some extended reading as well. Uh, this one is actually, it's another video. And this one came out in preparation for Neon Dynasty. And it's actually one of the places that I learned about the first strike opportunity. 
The video is called Four Ninjutsu Rules Loopholes. Did you know these? Uh, and it's a it's a video published by Good Morning Magic, which is hosted by Wizards of the Coast employee Gavin Verhey. And we'll include a link to this video in the show notes. But he talks about ways to use the ninjutsu ability that aren't initially obvious to players. Because again, it's all about knowing how the rules work. And for example, did you know that you can activate an individual card's ninjutsu ability multiple times if you have multiple unblocked creatures on the board? You can actually, because of the way the ninjutsu ability works, all right, you can say, let's take Mistblade Shinobi, which costs one blue to ninjutsu, all right? You can, if you have three unblocked creatures, you can pay one blue, return an, an unblocked attacking creature, you've revealed Mistblade Shinobi. Now, while that ability is on the stack, because it's an activated ability, it hasn't resolved yet. While that activated ability is on the stack, you're going to hold priority, you're going to activate it again. You're going to return a second unblocked attack, you're still revealing the Mistblade Shinobi, it's still there. So you're still activating that ability. You can then, you get, you hold priority, you can activate it a third time. You can actually get three blockers, or excuse me, three unblocked attackers back into your hand and only put one ninja onto the board. And it's all completely legal because you are still following, you're, you're paying the cost. One blue and returning an unblocked attacker. Doesn't matter that the same ninja goes into play each time. All right, doesn't matter. Um, so it's, it's one of those things. Anyway, Gavin talks about four instances that, again, it's... It's really cool to see how you can use the stack and how you can use the rules to manipulate ninjutsu abilities in not-so-obvious ways. Sorry, listeners, I appear to have broke Chris again. Um, so we're going to go ahead and give him just a moment to recover. Again, highly recommend you check out this video. It's, it, I think it's only six or seven minutes, and it really does open your eyes to how complex ninjutsu can get even though on its face and most of the time when you play with this ability, it's going to be so straightforward. Most of the time, people are not going to use the ninjutsu ability three times with, from one creature card in your hand and pull back three atta unblocked attackers. The only reason you would do that is if you're going to board wipe afterwards and you want to keep, you're willing to sacrifice a ninja to keep those three evasive attackers, all right? But regardless... Uh, most of the time, ninjutsu is so simple, so straightforward, easy to understand, but it can get complicated if you need it to be. Chris, have you reset yet? Ow, my head hurts. Yeah, I, that, that's kind of what I thought. <laughs> I, like, I can see it in my head. It's just that I can understand it. I can see how it works. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around it because now, because I didn't get to play. I started playing in, like, Alara block. Right, So, which was after the original Kamigawa block. Yeah. Yes, it was a couple of sets after. Yeah. And I do have a couple cards from Kamigawa, namely three of the five Hondans. Right. Because I'm missing the white and the green, because I'm going to be building Shrine Tribal. Um, But, like, I never really got to play with Ninjutsu until now. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've seen people play it, and I've... Kind of was able to understand it and all that, but and me, I like I like finding ways to kind of like bend the rules a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, namely, how many times have I talked about reconnaissance? How many exactly. times do I put reconnaissance into something? Yeah. Oh, oh. I think Chris just had an idea. I think I can make it work. I'm going to be putting reconnaissance into Grease Fang. Okay. Um, I'm gonna to have to talk with you a little bit just to see if I can 
for make the rules work, make the rules work. But, okay. Um, uh, and, uh, like being able to play with it now and I'm definitely going to be watching this video because I want to see how to kind of break it because first strike dam being able to two for one with first strike being able to bounce multiple creatures and I can't wait to see what else he what else he talks about because I am going to be going through all of my bulk to see if I have any mist blades and some really cheap oh yeah and some really cheap ones because I have a because uh, I have a damnation. Yeah, you're right. I can mm -hmm. I can protect my board, sacrifice one, clear all. Yeah, and then yeah. So it's it's a great video, and again, very short, easy to easy to digest. Um, Gavin does a really nice job of breaking everything down, and he because he's working with wizards, he's an employee of wizards. The video quality he goes through, and he actually shows the cards as they're they're being tapped and everything, and as he goes through the combat step, so or combat phase, so it works out really really well. Um, I'm I'm so excited Ninjutsu is back. I have been waiting for this episode for a long time. I know we held off on it to make sure they didn't change any of the rules before we did it. And I'm just, I'm so glad we finally get to do this episode. It's, it, it's such a, it's an ability that I have loved for more than a decade. I'm so glad it's back with new toys, new tricks, and that Satoru is going to be probably my new pet deck for a while. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, Conrad is going to be getting, a, Conrad's going to be getting a buddy in the forever home. Um, at least for the time being, because yeah. Conrad is always getting tweaked and everything. Yeah. And uh, Satoru, he's just going to be one of those where all of the evasive guys stay the same, but all the heavy hitters... Those can get swapped in and out, right, as you decide you want different stuff. And, That's great. Uh, um, and, like, I'm just... I need to go through my bulk to see if I have any more ninjas in there just to kind of throw them in, because it'd be funny if I have, you know, one of the good ones. Mm -hmm. But, um, like... Being able to play with this has been so much fun. Yeah. I mean, especially like even the one game that we played whenever I played my played my Satori deck against yours, uh, against your commander deck. Um, I was having a blast. Like, I love that he's a three drop. Yeah. And then the next turn you can. That's whenever it really goes on. That's online. when the shenanigans begin. Yeah, it's great. It can happen <laughs> even faster. If there's a training grounds out. Right. Like. Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, because if you're hitting your land drops, you know, turn one, you put out your evasive creature. Turn two, you can attack with it. Turn three, you drop Satoru. You know, and turn four, that's it. Your your evasive creature goes in, and as long as you hit your land drops, you can start... You, you could have an Emrakul on turn four. You could be hitting for 13 damage, the promised end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, no question. <laughs> well, um... So you can actually do it faster, but that also requires. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Um, ideally, turn four. I, I is think training consistent. ground only costs the blue. Uh, I don't know. So, but, quick to the interwebs. Yeah, it does. It only so, costs the blue. You're right, and it reduces it by two. Yeah. So yeah, that would be great. Mm -hmm. And because ninjutsu also an activated ability, mm -hmm. um, and there are white ninjas, that means. Uh, and well, there's one white ninja, but yeah, but they're in white. Um, that means uh, you could potentially have a modern or pioneer deck with Zerta. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and reduce the cost even more. Yeah, you could white. So an Esper ninja deck with hmm, that would be interesting. 
with Zerda. Might splash might splash green just so that you can have Biomancer's Familiar to reduce costs even more to where you're paying almost nothing for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know all the activated... I know because I was building a Kinrith deck, I know like all of these cards that mm -hmm. reduce activated abilities. So Training Ground Zerda and uh, oh, Biomancer's Familiar, that's a total of uh, activated costs with those three together. It's six less. Six colorless less. Oh, mm -hmm. Six generic less. So I think the highest ninjutsu cost... From Neon Dynasty is the one, it's like an ogre ninja, and it's a 5-5, five five and it's uh, ninjutsu costs 4 and a black. Which, you know, let's be honest, if you're paying, well, no, because it hits hard. Yeah, it's a 5. Yeah, it, it's, it's a 5-5. Five five. Five. Yeah, so that's why you're, you'll ninjutsu that one in for 5. But even still, yeah, you can you can drop that cost real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad I have my. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I have a playset of training grounds. Yeah, and they're like it's good, and I think they're like forty dollars a pop right now. Yeah, they're not cheap, not cheap. Now, mind you, mine are in played conditions. At yeah, most, they're, they're like ten bucks. Whatever, they're like ten fifteen. Oh well, um. But so biggest takeaway: ninjutsu's fun, and oh, you is. can break it. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Anything else we need to talk about with ninjutsu? Um. Oh, there is a, uh, um, so they did, as Joe said earlier, they did make, uh, turtle ninjas, not ninja turtles, but turtle, turtle ninja. ninja. Yeah. Um, there are also multiple, uh, rat ninjas and there is one that is a master. Yes. So you can build a, what is it? Vorthos? It would be, you could build a ninja turtle deck. If yeah. You, you could, really yeah. To. You could build yeah. a ninja turtle deck if you wanted to, because yeah. you get a play set of four turtles. Yeah. And you have your, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you have your master splinter. Yep. So now I want to get now I want to see if there's ultra sleeves for them to make them into get a place out of them for all the different. Oh, I'm sure someone did it already. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, with that, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Magic the Gathering Under the Hood. I'm Chris, and I'm the hipster who was playing with ninjutsu before it was cool. We look forward to delving deeper under the hood with you in our next episode. Stay tuned.